Praise the Lord, and welcome in to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson, and uh, as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's continue to remember our nation and our leaders and uh, the ones that are going that are up for election. Let's remember them. Uh, just whoever it is that goes in, just uh, we let's pray that God just has His way in their life, and they. They submit to him and follow him instead of following man or themselves. Our kind and gracious loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another day. I thank you, God, for being with us and caring for us and keeping us safe, dear God, and just meeting our needs and blessing us in every way we turn, dear God. And Lord, I just thank you, God, for the another privilege, dear God, to go out by way of podcast. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just move, dear God, in, in each and every one of the listeners, dear God, Lord, that you would just touch them, dear God, and just, Lord, just help me to say something, dear God, that may help them in some way, uh, grow closer to you and learn, learn more about you, or even give their heart and life totally to you, dear God. Lord, just have your way in this and just move and touch and use me, dear God, for your glory. And God, now I pray for the Lord, for our leaders, God, that you would just, God, just move in their lives, dear God. And I, I pray that they all, dear God, the ones that are running for office and the ones that are in office, God, that they will just turn everything over to you and to follow you, dear God, and, and to look at you and, and find out just exactly, Lord, what it is that they should be doing. God, just have your way in their lives and be with them. For it's in Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm, last week we was talking about uh, they had gotten up to the point to where that they could go in to uh, take the promised land. Uh, Moses sent 12 spies in to spy out the land, and they, they brought back for, uh, the, the report of the land and the fruit of the land, and, and uh, they cut down one a cluster of grapes, and they had to carry it between two men on a, a pole. It was so big. And they came back, and two of them uh, said that they needed to go in and to possess the land, and the rest of them uh, started talking about it and um, would not would not go in. And the Lord got angry at them again, and he told them all, he said that, uh, you know, that you're not going to make it in, except for uh, Joshua and Caleb. The rest of you will, will never see it, uh, go inside. But we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 14 of Numbers. And all the congregation lifted their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, would, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness? <laughs> How many times has the children of Israel made that statement? I wish we had just left us in the, in the land of Egypt. I wish we had just died in the land of Egypt. I wish we was back in Egypt. You know, that's, that's the thing about us Christians. When we get into some hard place or or the Lord starts chastising us, we start looking back. As I had said before, we start looking back and we start longing for 
the things that we had back when we were out in sin and we forget all about all the heartaches and everything. And, you know, it. I don't want to go back. I don't never want to forget what life was like while I was out in sin. I don't want to go back out in sin because one of these days someone is going to need my experiences. They're, they're going to need my help with something that they're going through, and it may be something that I went through myself. So, you know, experience uh, is the best teacher. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, if you experience something, that it, that you have a better chance of explaining to somebody else exactly what they're going through and exactly how, what happened to get you out and get you on the other side. Now, the Lord has been with with Israel uh, every step of the way. He has uh, worked miracles in their life, uh, one right after another, and still yet they, they are grumbling and complaining because uh, one, uh, two men said that uh, everything, it was there for the taking. All we have to do is go in and possess it. The Lord's going to be with us. The, the Lord promised it to us, and he, they're, they're reiterating that the Lord promised this land to them, and it was exactly what the Lord said, and we need to go in and possess it. And the other tens, the other the ten said, "No, we can't go in there. Those people are giants. Uh, their cities are wild. They're, they're very strong people. But yeah, the, the the land is very plentiful and very fertile and everything. But no, we can, we can't go in and take it. And you know." There's a lot of promises that God has promised each and every one of us. And, and he, the one thing that he always promised us is he would always be with us, that he'd never leave us. And the other thing he promised us is that we can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. We can do all things. We can do all things, but we got to do them through Christ. We can't do them ourselves. So yeah, when you look at something, uh, you're going through some uh, hard times or some trial or something like that, and you look at it with the natural eye, and uh, and you try to take it on yourself, and you try to go through it by yourself, you're not going to make it. You're you're going to fail miserably. But and I know a lot of times when when we're to that point that we're going through those things, we're going through those trials, the Lord is testing us, or Satan is trying to get us uh, to just give up and go back to what we was, we need to remember that the Lord is always right there beside us. Even though we can't feel him, and even though that uh, we don't think he's nowhere around at all. He's right there with us. Every step of the way, he's right with us. He said, I'll never leave you. We leave him. He don't leave us. But the thing about it is, is when we leave him and walk away from him, he's going to be found just exactly, standing just exactly in the place where we walked off and left him. All we have to do is go back. Go back. As a matter of fact, when we start back to him, he will meet us. He will walk to us and he will meet us. And he will he will dust us off and he will clean us off and he will set us back up on the, the right trail that we need to be on. 
on the right path and we can proceed on then with him. But the children of Israel, have, have they had one simple thing that they had to do. Follow the Lord and follow Moses. That's all they had to do. And accept what God is doing for them. Don't complain about everything. Uh, if you have a problem, state what your problem is, but don't state it in a complaining way. State it in a way to where that you are basically saying, well, Lord, I haven't got enough money this week to pay all my bills. And I really, I really would like to pay all my bills this week, so I'm going to need some help. You're saying that, you're telling the Lord what your problem is. Of course, he knows already, but he likes for us to talk to him. So we're telling the Lord what our, what our problem is. And then we're asking him for the money and we're asking him for help. You know, my daughter, when she was growing up, there's a lot of things that she needed. But, you know, every once in a while, we as parents... We, we like to know, we like to hear our children ask us for things. We can't always give it to them, but we like to hear them ask us for things. And, you know, one of, one of the, the greatest things that a parent can do for their child is fix a broken toy. <laughs> Simplest thing in the world sometimes, just fix something that they play with all the time that's broken. And... You know, it's the simplest thing in the world, but it means so very much to that child to have that toy fixed. Things in our life that we, that means a whole lot to us and something happens to them. It is, it's one of the greatest things it ever was is for us to go to the father and ask the father to help us with that thing. Take that broken toy, if you, if you will, and take that to the Lord and lay it down at his feet and say, Lord, I can't fix this. Help me. Help me. You know, if that's <laughs> men, I'm going to pick on you a little, a little bit, but that's the one thing that we as men, that's the one thing that we, we have a hard time asking for. And that's help in anything. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it, we, we need help financially, we need help physically, we need help with something in our home, anything that we need help with, it, it is hard for us to ask for help. But see, that's, that's where humbleness comes in. When you get to the point to where that you can go to the Father and you can ask him for help, then he knows that you have done something that you really didn't want to do, but you really needed to do. So he, he will, he will grant you, you, your request. It's not, it may not be right then, but he's never late and he's always right on time. And, you know, we, we can get help from some, some of the places that we would never, ever really think about getting help. But the congregation, they, they, when they told them, when the Lord told them that they weren't going to make it in, let me see if I'm getting ahead of myself or not. Yeah, when the Lord told them that they weren't going to make it in, uh, 
he told them, you know, that they're going to die right there in the wilderness. Well, the people got upset then, and they 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 cried and they moaned and they and all night long and they wept and they murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation. Started that stuff again. I would to God I was back in Egypt. I would to God I would died in Egypt. I wished I was back in Egypt. For, uh, you know, what was the first one? I wished I was back in Egypt. Um, they brought us out here in this wilderness to, to kill us. To, I don't remember now. There's been so many times that they have done this, but they, they, they continually do this. They keep looking back. You know, the Bible says that uh, a man that'll take hold of the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom of heaven. You know, I, I look back sometimes, but I'm not looking back longing for that life that I had when I was out in sin. I look back sometimes to remind me and to remind Satan of where Jesus has brought me from. He's brought me from, from a long way. He brought me from down on the bottom. And he set me up on that solid rock. And he cleaned me up. And he made somebody out of me. And, you know, that's that's what the Lord does for us. With Moses and Aaron on verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. Now then, Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces before the Lord. You know, uh, I was reading about uh, uh, prostate, and uh, when you fall prostate before the Lord, this is you're laying flat out on the ground with your face in the dirt, and that is that is the the greatest act of humility and submission that a, a man can do before the Lord. So Aaron and Moses fell on their faces. I mean, they, they would flat out on the ground, their faces in the dirt before the Lord and uh, and before the, uh, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, they rent their clothes. Now, this, this was a sign that you were very, very sincere in... Uh, Whatever it was that you were you were thinking and doing at that point in time, so we had four people here that had uh, really humbled themselves, and two of them got down on the ground, and the other two rent their clothes, trying to get the children of Israel to understand that the Lord is with them, and the Lord had promised this land to them. The Lord was going to take care of them and and meet their needs and everything. All they had to do is trust in him and follow him. When he moved, they needed to move. When the cloud came off the tabernacle, the children of Israel needed to pack up and get ready to move because they were going on a trip. And when they went on the trip and they followed that cloud, and as long as that cloud was moving, they were moving. But when the cloud stopped, 
that's when they set up camp because that's where the Lord wanted them forever, how long a time it was till the next time that the cloud came off of the tabernacle and moved again. But, you know, he, he's, he's met everyone at their knees. But, you know, we as children of God, we are the same way. God, if you look back over your life since you become a Christian and everything that the Lord has done for you and every time that he, uh, he moved for you and he met your needs. And then when something comes up, what do we do? We forget about all of those times that the Lord moved for us and we start complaining and griping because he hasn't moved in this situation before it came to us. You know, the Lord, the Lord would like nothing better for us to, to uh, thrive, to be uh, uh, very wealthy, and to have everything our, our hearts desire. He would, he would like nothing more than to do that, to give us everything in this world, just give it to us. But how much of that stuff that the Lord would give to us would then become a curse and become between you and God? See, that's that's what we need to look at. The Bible says be content with what you have. You know, and the children of Israel, they, they had a lot, but they didn't have a lot. You know, they may not have had a, a whole lot of riches, a whole lot of money, and a whole lot of land and all of that stuff, but they had God with them every step that they took. And as long as we have got God with us, we don't need anything else. We think we do. We think that we have to have the best of everything. But, you know, the thing about it is, is I may not have much here. I may just have just enough to keep me here on this earth. But when I leave this earth and I close my eyes in death, and when I get to the other side and I meet Jesus in the air and we all go to heaven at one time, there's a place built just for us. Each and every one of us is going to have a mansion that is just, it, there's no way to explain it in the language of the world because it is nothing that compares to anything in this world. The most expensive, most extravagant building on this earth pales in comparison to the place, the mansion that get that God has gotten in store for each and every one of us as children of God. But they, they were still complaining. And, and they, Moses and uh, Aaron fell on their faces. And Joshua and Caleb rent their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search in is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, 
their defiance is departed, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You know, we we are not going into a land where we have to actually go in and, and fight humans. We are going into a land where that we have to fight Satan. Uh, Satan and his all his little demons, because Satan does not want us in that in that place that the Lord has set for us. It's it's not a an actual land, but it is a place in our in our Christian living to where that God to to where that we are really really close to the Lord, and to where that we can and uh, talk to Him as as with, as if we were a friend. It's that one place where that. Uh, it's just about impossible to get any closer to the Lord, and the where the Lord can use us and bless us, and and we we we're on a first name basis with the Lord, and and you know it's just it's really hard to explain what it's like, but it's that one place where that the things of this world and the cares of this world and uh, they, they don't mean anything to you, and you're just looking for. What can I do for the Lord and how can I get the people of the world to wake up and to realize that just exactly who Jesus is and just exactly uh, what he has in store for us in this life here and the life to come. You know, that's that's got to the point to where that that's my thoughts. It's, it's not so much on me, uh, you know, the Lord has blessed me. He's taken care of me. I've got everything that I need. But there's a lot of people out there in this world that does not know God. And Lord, how to how do I reach them? How do I reach them? And you know, sometimes it's it's a one on one with them. Sometimes it's it's teaching others how to do this. You know, we've got to follow God, and we've got to figure out in. Uh, our own journey that we are to take, and we've got to find out just exactly what we need to do to start that journey and to follow the Lord on that journey, and we won't have to worry about anything else. But see, the, the, the children of Israel, they, they had a simple journey. It, it took them about a year, maybe a year and a half to get to where they are right now, to, to right before going into the promised land, and they messed it up. <clears throat> they messed it up. They did not get to go into the promised land. They was right there. And you know, that's, that's so many of us today is we get right to the point to where that we, all we have to do is take that one step and we're into the promised land. We're into the blessings. We're into, to where God wants us to where he can use us and everything. And we make an about face and go the other way. Why? Because it is, if you really think about it, it is a very scary, sometimes frightening thing if you if you stop and think about it. But it, it's, it shouldn't be anything to be afraid of. Sure, you're going to have battles. Sure, you're going to have trials. There's going to be things come against you. That is part of Christian life. Satan is out to get each and every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are how long you followed the Lord, whether it was two days, two years, or uh, last week. It doesn't matter. Satan is after you. 
and he, he wants to bring you down. I've said this so many times before. You know, Satan has got a wall down in hell, and it's got all the Christians all over the world. He has got their pictures on the on that wall. Like you remember how it used to be in the uh, post office, most wanted. Well, that Satan's got a wall in hell, just like that most wanted. If you're a child of God, your pictures on that wall. They're after you. But you know what? My father and my big brother Jesus is bigger than all of them, and I don't have to worry about them. What I need to worry about is all of those out there that Satan has already got, that Satan has has uh, made to give up and to quit. Those those are the ones that I need to be worried about. You know, Jesus he came he came down and he walked upon this earth, not to, for the ones that were saved. He came seeking those which were lost. He came seeking those which were lost. He taught the ones that were already saved. He taught them a better way to live a Christian life, but he was seeking those that uh, were lost. And he uh, was caught several times having uh, dinner or supper or breakfast, one with sinners and publicans and was made fun of by the religious community. But, you know, that's the ones Jesus came after. He came after those that were lost. He came after those that were seeking something and didn't know what they were seeking. You know, so there's so many people in the world today that is seeking something and they, they have no clue of actually what it is. This is where we as children of God, we need to be in tune with the Lord to where that we can, we can understand what these people are looking for because they're looking for the same thing that we have. Uh, we and those of us that that are really a true child of God, and and we have got that joy down inside of us. We've got that peace. We've got that contentment. That's exactly what the world is looking for, but they're looking for it in everything in the world instead of looking for it in the Lord. And children of God, it's our fault that they're not being told about the Lord. Because he's the one that can give them all these things. And the children of Israel, they were, they were looking for something. They just didn't know exactly what it was. And th- when, they, when they heard the, the reports of uh, what was going on over there about the walled cities and, and the giants in the land and how... Uh, strong the people were and how many of them they was and everything, it scared them. Listen, Satan, Satan, my daddy used to say all the time that Satan's like a little poodle dog on a leash. The Lord will just let him go so far and then he'll pull him back and say, that's enough. God is in control of everything. He's even in control of Satan. But you know, sometimes we take the control of Satan out of our Lord's hands when it comes to ourselves, and we let Satan have free reign of our of our our minds and our bodies and everything, and we we create our own uh, torment sometimes. Satan don't have to do a whole lot of work because we are our own worst enemies. And we all we have to remember is, is God's in charge of everything. Let him take charge. Follow him. Listen to him. And don't worry about 
everything else in this world. But the children of Israel was worried about all the all the strong people that was in this land. And, you know, little, little David, I, I keep coming back to him every time I hear the word giant. And here was this little bitty boy. And he, he took his sling and his five rocks and he went out against this giant and he went out and was not afraid. He went out with the Lord by his side. He went out knowing that he was going to overcome because God had done, told him that he would. And he went out bravely and in the name of Jesus and the giant fell. See, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how big they are. God is bigger than any problem we've got. God is bigger than any person we know. God is in control of everything. And, you know, the children of Israel need, really needed to figure this out. But they knew he was in control when he was working, when he, when he uh, gave them water, when he gave them quail, when he turned the bitter water sweet, uh, when he done all, when he led them across the, the Red Sea, when he uh, done all these things, they knew he was in control at that time. But at, right after that, they forgot. They forgot what he done. And you know, three or four months down the road, they got in the same situation. They was needing water again. What they do? They started gambling and complaining again. I wished I was back in Egypt. And the Lord had to show them again exactly who he was. But now the Lord's about to get tired of their grumbling and complaining. He did get tired of it. And he told them, he said, I to, she said, this is it. He said, you all are going to wander around in this wilderness until every one of you from, I think, 20 years old <clears throat> and up is dead and buried. And then those, your children they are the ones that will go in and they will possess the land. I will give the land to them because you all are, all you want to do is grumble and complain about everything. I'm going to teach, and we need, we need to teach our children. We need to teach our children today just exactly what the Lord can do for us. Show them exactly how that he can work for them and what he can do for them. And don't worry about it, because he is in control, and he's going to take care of everything. But we have to let them know. We have to teach them, and we have to show them exactly who the Lord is and what he can do for us. There is nothing impossible with him. Nothing. But the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. All right. The ones that was trying to get the children of Israel to understand what God had done for them and what he was going to do for them, they, they decided that we'll, we'll just stone them. We'll, we'll stone them all. We'll get rid of them. But the glory of the Lord uh, appeared in the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long? Will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them. How long 
will it be before we really realize just exactly who God is? How long will it be till we remember everything that God has ever done for us? How long will it be before that instead of, of grumbling and complaining that we will give God the glory for what he has done for us and where we are at today? How long will it be before we give God glory for what he has done? You know, like I said, I don't have a lot. I don't have, I don't, I'm not a big, I, I don't have a great amount of money. I rent my house. Um, I own one vehicle and paying on another, but I have a good job. I have everything I need. I, Oh, I could want a lot more. I could want a lot better and I could, I could complain and, and everything because of the things I don't have. But you know, the thing about it is, is I'm happy with the things I do have. The one thing that I really want more than anything in this world is I want more of God. I want to know more about his word. I want to know more about him. This is what I want. I, I can't study enough. I can't learn enough because, you know, I, <laughs> I have to go to work and I have to provide for my family. But my job is interfering with, <laughs> with my study time and my worship time. <laughs> and yes, I've told the Lord this many times and, and we laugh together about it. Let me, let me tell you something. For you all that don't believe, that God has, has got a sense of humor, you're so very wrong. Because sometimes I will get in a conversation with the Lord here in the mornings and we, we, we will laugh together. And it's a different laugh from when somebody, uh, something happens, you know, in life or somebody tells a, a joke or something like, it's a different laugh. This laugh seems to come from somewhere way down deep inside of you and come out. And I know that at that point in time that the Lord is laughing with me. And, you know, this is the one thing that we need to realize. He is a person. He is your best friend. And he, he listens to you. He even laughs at some of your funny stuff. And if you really want to get him to laugh, tell him what you're going to do. That'll really get him to laugh. Because the only thing I want to do is whatever it is that he wants me to do. I want to follow him. I want to learn more of him. He is my life. He is everything to me. And, you know, sure, I go through, I go through heartaches and I go through troubles and, and I, I, I've got, like I said, I've got some medical issues right now and I don't sleep real good at night and I go to bed and I go right off to sleep. But, you know, three or four hours later, I'm awakening his catnap for us night. And I get up tired sometimes and hey, some mornings I get up and I just really ain't got the energy to go to work. I start talking to the Lord and I still start telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm tired. I, I really need to go to work today, but I need a refreshing. I need, I need some energy. And I, 
you know, I, I, I kneel down and I start praying and, and, and next thing I know, I'm in Bible study and it's time for me to go to work and I get out the door and I'm walking through the plant and I happen to realize, hey, I'm not tired anymore. As a matter of fact, I feel very, I feel very good and I have a good day because my Lord, he, he is my supplier. He gives me everything that I need and he will meet your needs. Verse 12, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and a mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they had heard that thou, Lord, that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them, by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nation shall have heard the fame of thee, will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring his people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. Now, and now I beseech ye, beseech ye, let the power of thy of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of a great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Forgive them, Lord. You know, this this world right now is a, a very sinful uh, world. They have no... Um, respect for God. They have no respect for church. You know, I remember back when I was small, I'm, I'm 63 now. So back when I was small, the church doors didn't even have a lock on them. You could go in at any point in time in the church and pray money left out on the altar up there in the plates. Nobody'd ever bother it. Nobody would ever even dare think about stealing anything from a church. Nobody would even park on the church for any anything immoral, a uh, church parking lot. But nowadays, it's just another building that someone can break into and, and steal electronics or uh, if they can get into the safe, steal some money. It's just another building to people today. We, the the world as just about as a whole has completely lost the respect for the Lord and for the church. Children of God, it's our fault. It is our fault because we have went to sleep on God and we have uh, 
quit witnessing to people and telling people about the Lord. And we have lost our love for our neighbor. We have lost our concern for our fellow man. And we have just, we are just one step away from hell. I'm talking to, I'm talking to the, the, the Christians right now that we are one step away from hell. It's time we wake up. It's time we wake up. It's time that we get on the job. It's time we are about our father's business, our father's business of telling a lost and dying world about Jesus, how he died upon the cross for their sins, telling them about how that God can meet their needs and, and letting them know exactly what the Lord can do for them. But you know, Christians, it's hard for us to tell somebody that Jesus loves them and Jesus will meet their needs when we are walking around with a, a sad look on our face all the time and we're all we're doing is hollering, whoa, whoa is me. But, you know, we'd sound just exactly like the Israelites in the, in the land there. They're complaining about something all the time. Wake up. Wake up, Christians. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we get back, seek out the old past. Back to when you were first became a Christian. You know what it felt? Do you remember what it felt like when you first gave your heart and life to the Lord? Do you remember, remember what that felt like? You need to get back to that. You need to get back to that point. We, I'm sorry, we, me included, we need to get back to that point to where that we, we want to sh tell the, we want to shout it to the world what Jesus can do for us and how he makes us feel. We need to get back to those points. We need to get back to the love for our fellow man. We need to get back to concern for our fellow man. We need to get back to the point of where that God's love reigns supreme in us and it overflows into a lost and dying world. You wonder why in your churches that you don't hardly see anybody give their heart and life to God anymore? As Christians have lost their zeal for the Lord. They have lost their desire for to uh, do anything for the Lord. We have lost our, our desire. We can't even, you can't even get to Christians in church half of the time. And we wonder what's wrong with the world. Shame on us. Shame on us. It's, 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 it's our fault. I'm going to say, I'm going to put it personal. It's my fault. I have let down on worshiping the Lord. I have let down on working for the Lord. And I am trying my best to get back to that point. I am trying to my best to right some wrongs that I have done in my life. But, you know, we've got to want to first. We've got to really want to. You know, my, my podcast, I was, I've been noticing on this, uh, where it goes out to and, and where the downloads are coming from. And, you know, I thank God that this, this podcast is going all over the world. And I thank God that, that he has seen fit for me. Uh, just, just, uh, just oh, little old me, no, nobody big or anything like that. I just thank him that he has seen fit to use me in this way. Because this is, you know, I, 
I have asked the Lord many times, save everybody in the world. Lord, I would love to see everybody in this world give their heart and life to God. But you know, Christians, first of all, we're going to have to have that that zeal back in our life to see people saved. We're going to have to have that zeal in our life to where we want to tell people about, about God. We're going to have to have that desire to tell people about God and tell it to them just exactly like it is. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't tell them that if they're doing wrong, don't tell them it's all right. They're going to go to heaven. Tell them that they need to change their ways. Get back to the old timey. Hell, fire, and brimstone preaching. And teaching, that's what we need. We all need more of God. We all need more of God. I would love to have more of God. I would love to have more time to spend studying and and reading God's word. But you know, the Lord, Lord knows my heart. And I, I thank him for everything that he does for me. And I thank him for this podcast. And I thank him for you all, the listeners. I thank you for listening. I thank you for taking the time out to listen to to this word that the Lord has given me. I hope it helps you. I hope it has lifted you up, and I hope it gives you a desire to go on and to work for the Lord. But I love you all, and I thank you, and until next time, God bless you.